Now entering Nerdist.com. You made it weird. You made it weird. You made it weird. Oh, yeah. You made it weird. You made it weird. Yes, you did. You made it weird. Oh, yeah. You made it weird with Pete Holmes. Yes, you did. Hey, what's, go- what's going on? It's, uh, I wonder how this sounds. I'm recording from... My hotel in Madison, Wisconsin, where, you know, I just ate a big sub from Potbelly. is kind of my favorite place. Don't worry about it. That was a clink of a Diet Coke can. Diet Coke, because I can't, I can't go crazy, guys. Anyway, <laughs> what? Anyway, uh, this is a great episode. Uh, my friend Nate uh, Craig is here. He and I have known each other for many years. We started in Chicago at the same time, so I'm so happy to bring somebody in that has known me for so long and had so many interesting, weird things to say. Uh, so without further ado, as you know, you can email the show, weird at nerdist.com. You can also write on the uh, Facebook wall, uh, facebook.com, regular slash, you made it weird. Uh, and if you post uh, your favorite moments from any episode, your choice, if you illustrate them, if you're nasty, put them on there. We're going to be giving out some free shirts, some free uh, free different you made it weird things like the interview notes, stuff like that, like the notes that I have. I've been having the guests sign those and we're going to give those away. Uh, and you know the tour dates by now, Madison. Uh, uh, I'm going to be in South by Southwest. I'm going to be at the Gramercy Theater in New York City on April 7th for You Made It Weird Live. Then I'm going to be at Bridgetown, Laughing Skull Atlanta, Wise Guys in Salt Lake City, Comedy Attic in Indiana. You can see all those dates on PeteHolmes.com. Also, the show, as you know by now, is brought to you by Gamefly.com backslash weird. They have all the best games, and they deliver them to you. It's a delivery service. They send them to your home. You open them. You play them. You send them back. They send you more games. They got all the hits. They got uh, Snuggle Bunnies, Snuggle Bunnies the Revenge. They got Mortal Testicle. <laughs> they got Mortal Testicle. They got uh, Deca Cake, which is a real game for the 7800, I think. Pitfall. They got uh, Sensational Sam and the Six Samurais from Sullivan Street in Somerville. Oop, I gotta, I gotta start writing these before I do this. Please go to Gamefly.com, support the show, back, regular slash, weird, and uh, I almost said backslash, ooh, makes people skin crawl. Let's get into the episode. Nate Craig, he's from Madison. I'm in Madison. It, it's kind of perfect. Get into it. Call your mother. You call them. Call me. God, your chewing sounds like death. Bye, Mom. Sounds like gross. Sounds like you're making your own peanut butter in your stupid mouth. (laughs) Don't act like you don't want it. This will be the one where I'm real mean. (laughs) Let's just switch it up. Let's do it. Switch it up, and this will be the episode where I'm incredibly mean. Way to drag the mic thing all over the table so we have to... Oh, now we have to listen to you swallow. Gross. Don't clean your teeth. Is this what happens? You get a you get a fever, a cold, and easily irritable? Yeah. No, I'm not irritable. I do have a bit of a cold. I think that's normal. I think I sound uh, pretty cool. I think it's normal. Um, I think you're... To be irritable? Irritable goes along with those things. I tried to make it so that it was um, some sort of <clears throat> I r- random or tangential... No symptom, but that's that's dead on. That's how I get when I get a yeah, the frustration of being sick. I remember being young and you forget what it's like to be well. Do you remember that feeling? Like the first time you're sick, mm. you're like, "Is this forever?" For, like a dentist yeah. kid, uh, and I, I just wouldn't think it would ever go away. I used to have the same recurring dream when I was sick. Ooh, yeah. spicy! Yeah, I was on I was on a tricycle, 
And it w- I was in. You That's know, your penis. You know, like the. <laughs> I'm pretty sure everything. Yeah. That I'm going to list off right now. Penis was my penis. But yeah. There was like the, you know like in in uh, uh, like the hip- hypnotizing spirals sure. like in movies. You yeah. Know, uh-huh. I was riding on one of those. Like I was like on a, a huge I was one. on a, a plane that, that was like, those. Yeah. And I was on a tricycle, and I would get to the middle of the tricycle, and there would be some little girl. Also on a tricycle. You get to the middle of the circle. I get to the middle of the circle. The hypno circle. I can't remember exactly how, if the course that I took to get to the middle of the circle corresponded with the spirals. Yeah, did you go the long way? No, I think I went, I think I went, maybe, uh, maybe I straight to or from above. What's that called? The diameter? You went diameter? Which sounds like diaphragm, penis, diaphragm. This is a sex dream. It's all, I mean, clearly. Uh, and you with, find the little girl? Find the little girl, and she's whispering to me about how there's a water shortage, which I think is... Re- you, were, you were dehydrated. I think that's pretty clear and, and <laughs> rather intelligent on, on, the, on, the, on the part I, of my subconscious. Dreams are, I love when I dream to, that I'm thirsty. I hate when I dream that I'm thirsty. That's a recurring dream. If you go to bed and you're dehydrated and you and you just dream that you're drinking like a can of Coke, that's my go-to like when I'm dying. Did you see 170, 187 hours? What no. was it? 100 I'm still I'm still trying to figure hours? out what dehydrated is. You know what that was? That was a Nate Trenholm reference. Nathan Trentholm. Mm. First of all, let me let me because we've begun. Let me start by saying I'm sitting oh, here. We've begun now. I should probably stop making disgusting noises. You're with so cookies gross, and water. swishing like an old person. <laughs> the people, uh, as Seinfeld said, with the most experience eating are the worst at it. Always chewing and smacking, and there's mm-hmm. a piece of rice on their face. <laughs> yeah, it's a Seinfeld bet. I do. I do eat face first. You don't eat face. I first. consume face first. That's not true. Always, every time. What were we saying before? Wow. Nathan Trenholm references. Oh, okay. So uh, Nate Craig, not to be confused with Nathan Trenholm, is the is the guest here. As if you're supposed to say something. I look at you. He's the guest here. Ta-da! There you go. And uh, Nate and I started in Chicago together. Mm-hmm. And there was a. Uh, he's a very funny comedian. You should look him up. You don't have a Wikipedia page. Are you aware of that? Is that for real? I haven't even been keeping track of that. I've been too worried about NateCraig.com for the last 10 years. Do you not own NateCraig.com? Oh, I got it. <laughs> I got it. Proudly. Got it, yeah. You shot it with an elephant gun and brought it into the cabin? I don't have, to, I don't, I, I don't have the money for NateCraig.wikipedia. You don't? Nope. You just... Well, well aware. You, well aware. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Pete. <laughs> I literally for a moment was like... How out of touch are you? <laughs> it's so funny because there, there's, there are. Two, By the way, I'm very out of touch. Yes. Well, but. there are two, there are two <laughs> classes of comedians. Like a lot of times, the, the, uh, the, the. It's not just the older guys. It's guys that just don't care about internet stuff. Right. Like there was, there was a resistance, mm-hmm. like the Matrix. Mm-hmm. And when everything started going online, we all started getting websites. We all started getting MySpace. Mm-hmm. We all started mm-hmm. getting Facebook eventually. Then Twitter. You can see the guys that waited. Yeah. And they all have names like Mike Britt, who's a friend of mine. Mike Britt Comedy. Mike Britt Comedy dot com. Just because he was like, This'll blow over. <laughs> no way. Twitter. So it'll be like uh Mike Britt Comedy dot 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 net. Dot net. Like he couldn't even get Mike Britt Comedy dot com. <laughs> Nobody beat him to Nobody, no, it's still available. Ah, he didn't know. <laughs> he they didn't come, know. check, come first. <laughs> no, then that. It's a brilliant sidestep. Then org. Uh, then TV. I can't get Mike Britt. 
com for sure. And for sure, Mike Britt comedy.com is also taken well you're saying you want these sites now <laughs> no i'm just going through his oh, thought his process back. you have now have natecraig.com yeah i've had it the whole time you had ever it the whole si- time ever since the internet that can't be for sure no way for I sure i remember when pete holmes somebody else had PeteHolmes.com for a long while a long while and it was just parked and i one day i just every once in a while would see if it was available and it was and then i went to a movie with my then wife in uh, Lincoln Square in Chicago. I forget what movie it was, but we were sitting there and it was about to start. And I was like, I got to go home and get Pete Holmes. Like, I'm like, I left the movie. That's how important it was. I was sitting there being like, this is my window. I had like, I, it wasn't a panic attack, but it was as close as I come. I was like, I'm a fool. I am a fool. Because I remember seeing guys like Jim Gaffigan. I'd see him on uh, Conan or something. And then I just assume he had JimGaffigan.com. It's, it's important. It's important to the business. Uh, you know what? I'm, I'm not going to say it. I didn't think it was a phase or that it was going to blow over. I maybe pretended like I thought that way mm. so that I could just be lazy. Yeah, that's not good. No. I didn't want to go on MySpace. I remember there were somebody, a friend of mine was like, are you on MySpace? A lot of comedians are using that. And my response was verbatim. I go, yeah, I'm on MySpace. <laughs> like I was so much better than it. I love that you remember your response. I know. I think because it was so absurd and horrible and bad. But we did start in Chicago together. Nathan Trenholm. Do you remember Nathan Trenholm? <laughs> oh, yeah. Nathan Trenholm. He was my nemesis. He was your nemesis. You gotta have a nemesis. Do you have a nemesis? When I was starting, what? I'll, I'll tell you what I mean. Okay, tell me what you mean. When I was starting. Tell me what you mean, and I can tell you if I have a nemesis or not. Yes, that's what I want. And, and what's interesting about this, Nate, is, is that, like, uh, you know, I, I feel like you can offer this interesting, we're going to look back on the Chicago years and I, a lot of the people that listen to this show are people that are, are that uh, are in the place we were when we were starting out. So I think looking back on that time will be interesting. So point one. Good years. Nemesis. Mm-hmm. The importance of Google it. This conversation's already been transcribed and it's nemesis. The importance of. I used to go out more. Okay. So, this is, so Nathan Trenholm and I started around the same time. This is a comedian named Nathan Trenholm. And I'm Pete Holmes. And he and I would go out all the time. I would always see him at whatever fucking stupid Chicago open mic I was at. There was Nathan Trenholm. He was he's, he still is uh, a short man. He wears glasses. He has brown hair. He's the opposite of me. Here comes me, <laughs> tall and doughy and blonde, no glasses and just loud. And he was kind of like quiet and one-linery. Anyway, it was important to me because I remember being at home and being like, I don't really feel like going out. I don't want to go and do an open mic. That sounds stupid. And I was probably afraid and looked for an excuse. And I was like, I bet your ass Nathan Trenholm's going out tonight. So I would go out. Nathan and I were friends, but he, he didn't know he was my nemesis. He was my nemesis in the sense that I hooked into him being like, I'm going to work as hard as this guy. So by nemesis, you mean driving force and reason for your success. Yeah, thank you, Nathan Trenholm. <laughs> what a pretentious thing to say. No, I, I, it did. It drove me. It, it really did help. It's helpful to have really nice people that are encouraging, but it's also helpful to have someone be like, if I don't take this, someone else is going to take it. You know what I mean? I definitely know what you mean, but I really think that that boils down to you. I mean, if that's how, if that's what he gave you, then it didn't matter who it was. Well, it's he, just going to be you being competitive and and getting out to that open mic. Yeah. Competitive in a, in, a, in a field and at a time that there was no need for competition. It was open mic competitive. I'm not talking about getting on TV or putting out whatever, CD or whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about at the point where I was doing open mics, I was like, he's working really hard. And he worked really, really hard. And I was like, 
that's the hardest time to motivate and get up. So I needed somebody to be like, he's going up. Competitive in the, in the sense, who who's going to get the most laughs at Coyle's Tippling House? Exactly. Coyle's Tippling House <laughs> and the Cubby Bear. Nathan Trenholm beat me. We had uh, we did all these Dave Odd. Yeah, he really was your nemesis. He was my nemesis. Well, he I would tell him this. He we would do these competitions all the time, and it was like good versus evil. He was very dirty, and he was very one linery. <laughs> and at that time, I was incredible. very clean. Incredible yeah, I, I remember. Clean. I remember. I remember being. Uh, I, I I pretended to not give a fuck about being clean, but. Yeah, I was for, definitely. I don't give a fuck about being clean. I, de- I, de- I definitely, I definitely was very impressed by how clean you were. I was oh, like, really? I was like, God, man! And at that point, at that, this is all. At that point, I was like, man, you could, you could probably work cruises, man. Ah, <laughs> you could work Disney, man. Paradise Island, isn't that what it's called in Disney World? Paradise Island, that Brian Regan money, man. You could get out of this tippling house, bro. I remember really, really, it was really, really, really important to be clean uh, when I was first starting out. And no one, else, no one else was really clean. Me and Kumail were clean. No, I completely undersold how important it was to be clean. Business-wise. Yeah, know. business-wise. Yeah, you got to be. Because it helps you as a writer. It just helps you as a writer. Yeah. You know what, I, well, you know what my philosophy is now? This is going to be a lot about comedy. That's just how it's going to be. Guys, weirdos. All you weirdos listening right now, this is going to be a lot about comedy. Uh, because what I'm noticing now is I like to, when I do a joke, when I start a joke, it's filthy. All right? And then when I work on it, I just slowly replace the swear words with other words. You know what I mean? Because I need the boost. I need the steroids of the shock value of the swearing. And that'll help the bit survive in its infancy. Mm-hmm. And then once I know that the idea is good, I'll slowly peel away. I'll give you an example. I have that joke about... Uh, believing versus not believing, right? Which is what I'm like working on right mm-hmm. now. And when I first started doing that bit, I was like, the way I see it, you can believe in something like a god or whatever and be that motherfucker. I mm-hmm. literally would say this. Right. Or believe in nothing and be that cocksucker. Mm-hmm. What am I doing? That's way dirtier than I'd ever want to be. Yeah. But I would just do it because just the words alone would uh, get people you know, on a slant. And now when I do it, I just say idiot. I say idiot both times. And that's now clean. But when it started, it was filthy. Are you... Sh- are you sure people weren't laughing because you sound funny when you say motherfucker? Yeah. <laughs> it just doesn't feel right, does it? <laughs> it looks like your youth pastor just has had enough. <laughs> Lights out! Everybody go to My bed. youth pastor was forward us once. Anyway, I want to. Let's, let's keep this about you. So you... Yeah, thank God. When did you start? You're, you're from Madison, Wisconsin. Madison, Wisconsin. I started in college. You're in incredibly good shape for being from Madison, Wisconsin. <laughs> On the outside, uh, I've... I guess on the inside, I'm a mess. Your arteries hurting, bad. Yeah, clogged. Yeah, I feel butter. <clears throat> like it's been a it's been a 15 year bender. I'm sure everybody brings up Farley because of Madison, mm-hmm. right? Was he from Madison? Yeah, from yeah, the whole family. And David Spade in the oh yeah, we did a show with his brother, you me, yeah. and uh, Kane Collier. And they, uh, in the in the Chris Farley story, the book, which is a wonderful book. David Spade says that where Chris Farley is from, Madison, people would pop in packet uh, little sticks of butter, uh, what's it, pads of butter uh, as an appetizer. Yeah. <laughs> like you'd sit at the table as if it were a mint. You'd put a, a piece that, of butter in your mouth and let it melt. That's not true. He said it was. I, I trust David Spade. He fucks models. I w- <laughs> All day. And, and uh, I, d- I will shoot half and half. Is that true? Yeah, that's disgusting. Yeah, we'll shoot we were talking about this the other day. You know why they, they don't have to refrigerate it? How come nobody seems to give a shit about the fact that you can go into a restaurant and there's half and half, which is 
seems like it should be more necessary to refrigerate it, and it's just been sitting on the table, and everybody's totally fine with well, it. Well, I have sealed milk boxes that are because that seem to keep forever at Whole Foods. It can't be at Whole Foods. Yeah, it's right out there in the middle of the aisle in the crate. Really? On pallets. Well, there has to be some sort of preservative, and I'm boring myself. <laughs> let's let's stop talking about milk and no, dairy we, products. Yeah, I, I would. You know what's weird about me is I would, and I'd be interested. I'm noticing that's like just something I'm interested in. I'm like, let's talk about food and creamer. What do they put in that to keep it going? But it's so fucking boring. Uh, okay, so you're in Madison and you're in good health. Uh-huh, yeah, relatively good health. And you and started then I went doing to Chicago. It there, surviving surviving Chicago was was harder than. When did you get to Chicago? Um, two thousand. Two thousand. That's about when I got there. Yeah, I got there in two thousand one. Mm-hmm. I got there like four or five weeks before nine eleven. Oh man, I blame you for nine eleven. Well, you know what? A lot of people do. That was a catalyst. Do you remember that time? So there. So you. How long had you been doing comedy when you, when nine eleven happened? Uh two years. Two years. So yeah. you were still new. Yeah. And I was. I was even newer than that. I was. I was in a couple months, and Kumail was in a couple months. And uh, other friends of ours, like Rob Buscemi, was in a couple months and stuff. And then 9-11 happened. Do you remember the Lion's Den the Monday after 9-11? Lion's Den, for the listener, was this open mic that we all went to in Chicago. That was me, Kumail, Nate. There were guys like John Roy, Dan Kaufman, Jeff Klinger, Michael T.J. Connell, Miller, Michael Dwyer, Mike Dwyer, Matt Dwyer, Mike, Michael Dwyer. Michael Dwyer, uh, famous. Bronger, Matt Bronger. Mm-hmm. Just like so many fucking wonderful guys. Terry Egan. I don't know. I don't know Terry. Nobody Egan. does. Who is that? He was. He was a guy. Is that, that your nemesis? Go, <laughs> <laughs> uh, go on. Go. So you and then do you remember nine eleven? Do you remember? I don't 9/11? remember the Monday after nine eleven, but uh, I definitely it was packed. I had I had booked a show that month. I had booked a show at a at a theater up in Madison, and it was the and it was like the end of that month. And uh, I remember. I just remember it was packed. I don't know if I was there for that. I just remember comedy being kind of weird for a couple months it woke it up a little bit do you remember like there was the snl after 9 11 like they were like can we be funny and rudy giuliani was like yeah, yeah. now right, right and like there was a real focus on like how how are we as a country going to be funny again yeah and i i, <laughs> I as, remember as a comedian it was it was a really exciting time because it was, it was like it was on you it was on it was on it felt like you know it was on us and you know i, I felt challenged to be funny at that time yeah you know, and, and really like right uh, stuff that was clever and stuff. At that point, I was trying to be like very political. And you know, oh, were you? Yeah, and and so it, did you have a nine eleven bit? I had. Uh, yeah, my this was my closer on the road for like a year. I was like, I had my closer was. Uh, fi- um, I figured out how to defeat terrorism, fight terrorism with tourism. That was it. And, I don't get what, what it is. And and then and then the bit was. Man, I, I really wish I could remember the bit verbatim. It was we need to get to. Afghanistan. I want bar league softball teams in, you know, with fanny packs, and I Westernize want it. I, yeah, just totally all every Western rep. Like I want lawn flamingos and and right. I want potlucks and Applebee's and manwiches and pulled pork sandwiches Ooh. and I I want like you know I, I think the closer was I want uh, <coughs> jets. I want something something on jet skis over the river and through the woods. Over the desert and through the woods to Osama's mamas we go or something ridiculous. Oh my God. Yeah, it, was really, it got really bad. And it was, but it was. Is it, that horrible? I can't tell. Do you look back? Was it good? Do you still feel like it was a good bit? It works. People, I, people dug it. I, I mean, 
Osama's mama. Sure, yeah. <laughs> that 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 got sold. I was I was slanging that line for. I remember a solid you year. were saying that you 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 you're one of the guys that I've known that you're like this works on the road. Like that was one of the, the distinctions. I didn't have. Uh, other friends like you, I guess you and John Roy maybe. That would be like you had an animal hunter, crocodile hunter. That was my first bit, and you were like and my first, my very first bit. Laid on the road, but you wouldn't do it in the city. Yeah, well, because it became well trodden. Well, because it blew. It absolutely uh, blew. I mean, it's you don't. But this is that like product of our environment thing, which I talked to uh, Gaffigan about. It's like it's interesting where we nowadays. Uh, you you do rooms like where we are right now, the meltdown, and, and mm-hmm. you you've kind of diversified your stand up portfolio. But it seems like when you were starting, you were you were doing a lot of stuff that would work on the road. The goal was to make it work on the road. The the goal was to pay rent. Right, that was my goal. See, was that? to pay bills with comedy. That yeah, really was yeah, it. Yeah. And so, in order to do that, like you, you know, you, you kind of you know get out there and be bombastic and right. and and topical and 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 you know act act out bits and, right and and don't be afraid to get loud and drop the mic and right, right, you know right. do you know beer on stool yeah how, who, <laughs> who was who's who's you know who's on drugs that was that was another oh who's drinking tonight who's drinking tonight the more you drink the funnier we are yeah, yeah all and then you shit, close man. with uh they can't catch us all because you've been drinking as well <laughs> I saw so many people that would close. I'm not saying you, but I'm just saying a lot. No, of no, no. Right, right, this right. is a phenomenon. This is something I'd love to talk to you about. The phenomenon of the road comic. There's something simultaneously noble about it where it's like, that's all I want to do. I just want to be in my mm-hmm. in my hatchback and I want to go to Rockland, Illinois, and I want to play a truck stop and mm-hmm. I want to pay rent. And then there's also something that just really bothers me about that idea for myself. Well, give me, break down the percentages of those two things in your overall sentiment about road comics. Uh, you know... It's it's kind of like eighty twenty, eighty respect. Uh uh-uh. uh, the other way. The other way. Sorry, yeah. twenty eighty. Yeah, it might, it might be it might be about twenty eighty for me as well. It might if you got me drunk, it might even be worse. Ten ninety. I'd be like meaner. Five ninety five. Look, I it's just an it just seems different. It seems more kind of. Uh, it's needy and isolated, and it's not. I I feel like from my experience with a lot of guys that 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 not that. That work the road, but guys that stay on the road and live on the road, right? Like they need that isolation. The misfit. That's sort of kind of like I, the way I the way I see it is like they develop an act, they have the act, the mm-hmm. act works. It gets them uh, <laughs> listen to how I speak. Sex with waitresses. It gets them sex with waitresses. <laughs> they do uh, American cocaine and they uh, sleep all day. And that is and that is this kind of like that's their dream. Whereas I happen to belong to this weird, or we both belong to this weird sort of like comedy business model where we want it to be art and all this sort of stuff, which I actually, you know, I'm behind that. I think that's noble and wonderful. And I look at the guy with the mullet that's like, my name's Jimmy Chestnuts. <laughs> Let's drink, who's drinking tonight? You know what I mean? And delivers. JimmyChestnutsComedy.net. Those guys used to make me want to kill. <laughs> that was hilarious. Wow, I hope everyone at home is laughing. It took me a second to get it. Of course, it's JimmyChestnutsComedy.net. Sorry, all right, Peter, finish your point. No, I won't. 
that's the funniest thing I've ever heard. What laser accuracy? Sharpshooting in a cornfield. NateCraig.com. Somebody register it. Register it. That was fantastic. I used to work with these guys. I would do, what was that one on the south side of Chicago? Riddles. Riddles. I would do Riddles. 151st in Harlem. And I remember I would would just be going up, trying to do my my doughy golden retriever uh, Jack Tripper act trying to be observational and cute and trying to be like Seinfeld and trying to be like, I'm going to do something different and then get just buried by the worst uh, MC. I'd be buried by the MC. Um, I'd be yeah. buried by the MC. Right. And I look, it's so hard not to be condescending, but I think I am condescending. <laughs> like I'm just going to be on this topic. I saw the guy. Peter, he did. Peter, condescend the fuck out yeah. of this topic. Well, the guy, he would go up and he was drunk. You know, the, I'm talking about the host. He'd go up drunk and he did like a Barney, I love you, you love me. It was homophobic. Right. It was racist. It was uh, offensively bad. Right. And it destroyed. destroyed. <laughs> it destroyed. It was like the goddamn orcs in Two Towers. They uh-huh. were going fucking nuts with uh-huh. spears and shit right, right, and right. flags with his face on them. <laughs> right. And then they'd bring up the headliner. And the headliner would destroy. Angry. They were angrily enjoying him. Oh, God. They were so <laughs> mad. And, I, and I'm and i wearing my stupid dress blue shirt trying to be uh, Seinfeld. Not tucked in. It would No. Come on. I'm a comedian. I'm here to have a good time. <laughs> uh, but these, these, guys, these guys were ordering shots of Cuervo sent up. And I was just like, I don't think, I don't think you have to be smart to look at that and go, I don't think that's for me. I, I don't want my, my – I'm assuming they call their girlfriends their road bitch. This is my road bitch. <laughs> they ride on some Harley. And uh, the guy that I was opening for was real old and, and he's smoking pot and drinking and just like doing bullshit, bu- a bullshit act. I'll condescend his act as much as I want because it was horrible. And it destroyed – but I, you'd sit in the back and you'd just be like, there has to be more. We have to carve oh, out yeah. more than this. Right, right, right. Oh, God. I, where did Road Bitch come from? He had his girlfriend was there? Where yeah, did his that, girlfriend okay. was traveling with him. This is my Road Bitch. That's my impression of him explaining <laughs> oh, who the God. girl was. This is my Road Bitch. Oh, man. Give me a light at 45. Oh, the day somebody introduces their wife to as me as their bitch. Road Bitch is the day that I quit. Yeah, and I, Yeah, I don't know. So... Did you get into comedy? Uh, how? What was your vision? Were you like, I want to be an artist, or were you like, I'd like to get my dick wet? I, uh, <laughs> I mean, if I wanted to be honest about it, I think, and this is this is really how I feel. I feel like it's naked, it's weird, exactly fifty fifty, fifty fifty. It's exactly fifty fifty. Yeah. You just got disappointed in me. No, no, I, no, no, no. Okay, Nathan, I love you. You're wonderful. I saw a slight hint of disappointment. No, I was crunching the numbers. I was like, I wonder if he's censoring himself because you probably know that oh, you I was skeptical of me. No, yeah, I was judging. I, I wasn't disappointed. I was okay. judging you keep and it, thinking you're a liar. Keep it weird. You're, you're no, kind of- no. This is getting nice and weird. You do. Uh, you're a good-looking man, and you're funny. And I, and I know you can have sex with girls. <laughs> I know you can. And uh, and then and then there there's uh, guys like me. And uh, as I've said many times on the show, I fucking love sex. I have a girlfriend. I fuck the shit out of her all the time. Good but work. I'm thank you. That did make me feel good bragging about that for a moment. I like to see it. Like look it. at you! Look at you pulling it out of me. It's fantastic. Uh, but I, I've never been the type to that's kill. Right. Kill on that's a, right, Pete. Home fans. Uh, you Pete son of a bitch. Fucks the shit out of his girlfriend. But it has to be a loving and supportive, <laughs> trusting place. Hey, that's the best way to fuck the shit out of somebody. That's what everybody seems to say. But you'll put it in a uh, random. Yeah, for sure. You 
You'll put it in a random comedy.net. Uh, <laughs> that seems to be our fundamental difference. Uh, well, you know what? One of our fundamental differences, I suppose. And I'm not here. I'm not, I'm not Hold sh- up. Let's. I think we framed this. I can, now this is where we. This is where our past relationship should be explained a little bit. Because you, you want, and I have discussed it. Do I want a cookie? Hold do you on. Want another no, cookie? no, don't. Hold up. <laughs> you just put. You just put. You just skewed. <laughs> the, the whole dynamic is, is like my end of the teeter totter is way up in the air right now. Like you, you, you think that differences between me and you is that you will put that I will put it in a random. Yeah. I'd, How about I'd, the fact that you need to give someone your house keys before you have uh, sex with them? How about that? How about that? It's, uh, <laughs> it's spicy chicken sandwich table for one. Uh, that's me eating it and being uncomfortable. No, you're right. No, I'm a different kind of sociopath. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Absolutely. Both are. Unhealthy. And let's just clarify, just so we can hold each other's hands all the way through this discussion. Yeah. Is sticking it in a random every once in a while is that sociopathic? No, no, no. I, I and I guess it's not sociopathic. I'm exaggerating for comedy fun. No, and I'm calling you out for comedy fun. No, no, no. I, I feel good about this. <laughs> Putting it in a random doesn't seem that weird. Listeners at home, Pete and I are holding each other's penises right now. That's my own penis. You're holding my penis, but... Pete and I are both holding Pete's penis right yeah. now. There's room for two. I'm more promiscuous than Pete. That's what this That's is That's what it is. <laughs> I, yeah, it just seems like that's something you're able to do. And it's just something that I don't really uh, want to do. We've, I've, I've expressed my own interest uh, my own reasons for that many times on the show, so I don't want to repeat myself. But that's something that you enjoy doing. Uh, it was. Yeah, didn't you say recently you're getting too old for this shit? I'm getting too old for that shit. It's because it's, it's. How old are you? I, well, I'm 34. I, I, I realized that, like, and, I, and this is something that I realized, like, years ago. First of all, I had a girlfriend the whole, like, the whole time I was in Chicago, pretty much. And, you know, from like 25 on. Till when? Till I was 30. What happened there? Um. Well, we lived two thousand miles apart. Where'd she live? Chicago. She. When we were in Chicago, we dated. You said what? And then I moved to Los Angeles. Oh, uh, I thought you broke up in Chicago. No, she didn't catch you sticking it in a random, did she? <laughs> I don't. I don't. That's something. <laughs> that. That's one thing I've. I've always been pretty good about is not not cheating on my girl. Sticking it in a random dot com. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. Nothing uh, wrong with no, no, no. So you moved to Los Angeles. This is pretty weird. This mm-hmm. is getting in. This is weird adjacent. Certainly, it's weird that I have to move in with a girl before I'll sleep with her. That's weird. Number one. Weird number two is you moved to Los Angeles. You were in a relationship with uh-huh. a girl named Karen. I'm assuming. Uh huh. Yeah, we'll call her Karen. Karen and Yi were. That's your nickname. Uh, we're dating for five years, and then you were like, "Show business is calling. I'm going to L. A. Even though it, you knew that it might hurt the relationship." Yeah. What did she do? Well, uh, she. You mean for a living, or what yeah, is she, yeah, how did yeah. she react to that? Well, she's a she's a lawyer. Lawyer, a very successful. So she lawyer. Oh, spicy. <laughs> she couldn't exactly just up and move. Not at all. Nor would I expect her to. Yeah. No. Did you guys live together? No, we didn't live together. That I've never done. Really? Yeah, that I've never done. Um, and I don't. No, oh, just just throw your hat over the wall, man. Just jump right in. Yeah. No regrets. Yeah. Why not? Shower time will be your new alone time. <laughs> Take a that, nice long shower. Is that how easy it is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now I feel like you're trying to get me to do something dirty. What? Live with women. That oh, is- yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. We both don't have it figured out. That's for certain. Uh, so that must have been hard, man. You moved to Los Angeles to do showbiz, mm-hmm. and she was supportive? Yeah. 
And was yeah. she she was a fan. I mean, you know, I like women like ambition. So like that was that wasn't really the issue. It wasn't like and it wasn't about like abandonment or anything like that, you know, but it was you know, difficult. Yeah. Crispy, bro. Let's move let's move away from this. No way. <laughs> Oh man, it's like a sauna, and the sadness is the steam. Oh God! No, no, no. We don't have to get it all into this. It's not that. But you did listen. Let me ask you this. Yes. Did you sacrifice a relationship on the altar of comedy? Yeah. Oh my God! You watched it bleed out. <laughs> no, don't be sad. <laughs> I feel like I feel like part of me did that in my marriage. If I when I take responsibility for my own marriage failing, here yeah. you're not alone. Join, okay. Join me, Nate. Join me. I think about that all the time. Yeah. That idea that you're like uh, killing, like Hendrix burning his guitar. Mm-hmm. You're destroying something that you love in favor of of uh, of your dream. I mm-hmm. suppose. Mm-hmm. I think people can relate to that. There's millions of people uh, listening. How many listeners do we have? Millions. Millions of people listening that can relate to the idea of being torn between. Uh, this relationship that was great, it didn't sound like there were any problems, and then also being like, ah, I, I feel, I see the lighthouse on those rocks, and that's where I'm supposed to go, right. and then you go, and then you're there, and you're like, oh, that's weird, because I'm at the lighthouse, and you're back on the shore, and then you're like, <laughs> right, right. and you end it with Karen. Yeah. Yeah, no, definitely, uh, definitely, w- would you say, watched it bleed out? Yeah. yeah. On the altar of comedy? On the altar of comedy. How wow. fucked up is that that I had that ready to go? <laughs> That's you've thought about. I have thought you about have that. thought about that. Well, I thought about my, I, I, well, there's a great part in uh, the Bourne uh, Ultimatum or whatever. I'm acting like I haven't thought about this. Yes, absolutely. Very yeah, painful, sure. very painful loss. Yeah. Yeah. There's uh, the guy. One Which of the, I don't even. Pl- I don't. I, you know. I'm not ready to admit that that's that relationship is over by any means. You mean you still? I still am very much in love with her. Oh, yeah. uh, spicy! Mm-hmm. I don't know where this whole spicy thing's coming from, but I like it. It applies to everything. Yeah. So it's kind of a good story. It is a good story. I mean, it's you know, it's a good story because it's a good you guys story. Are still in touch. It's hopeful. No, she won't let me call her. Ooh, what's <laughs> going on there? <laughs> she. Uh, She's like, go, you know, like, go do your thing, but don't fucking remind my life that you're not in it. You broke it with her then. Well, I mean, it's, I mean, I, by virtue of moving to where I had to go to, to be able to pursue a viable career. She come to the airport? Nobody comes to the airport. Some people do. Nobody comes to the airport Uh, anymore. If I was your girlfriend, I'm coming to the airport. (laughs) That's that. (laughs) Well, maybe that's why I moved out to California. To be my girlfriend? To, no, you'd be my girlfriend. Oh, oh. You can't just flip it on me like that. You promised. Uh, this is really weird. <laughs> I love it, though. We've been negotiating for who'd be the top and bottom, I think, for the last 10 minutes. It's not gay if you're pitching, bro. It's, uh, I mean, that's what that's what I'm trying to. That's why I'm trying to be assertive. So you, you're still in. This is great. This is some great storytelling. You're still in love with this girl back in Madison or Chicago? Chicago. Chicago. He came out here to pursue your dream. We got to get this podcast to Judd Apatow. <laughs> this is your story, Nate. <laughs> okay. This is your story. Yeah. How does it end? Uh, is she a fan of your comedy? When my wife and I broke up, I like to call it broke up. She she, she, she came she came clean. Uh, she 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 said something. She was like, "I think you're going to be one of the greats." That's what she said. This is well before I was. Oh, uh, super- I, I, I was I'm to- a big fan of of yours, but I was I was hoping that she would she, she was going to tell you that you were fucking awful. Oh she yeah, so I'd have more to prove. <clears throat> yeah, or or just or just it'd be make easier to cut ties. Yeah, yeah. It was kind though. It was nice that she said that. She mm-hmm. always, she always believed in it or whatever. Do you have some sort of fantasy when you think about getting 
Uh, what, what's one of your goals? Letterman or something you want to do? <laughs> yeah, or, I mean, yeah, I want to make specials and movies. Yeah, know? okay. Yeah. So you make a movie. It's the Nate Craig movie. Yeah. And then she sees it. And then it well, falls in love with you again. By that time, I, I, I imagine I'll, I'll probably have her in a house somewhere. You'll have her in a house somewhere. What is this story? It's some sort of cottage. You're gonna get her. You're gonna get her back in the rain, perhaps. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You're exactly right. No house. A cottage. <laughs> <laughs> I did not mean to downgrade you to a cottage. No, no, no. I was picturing, That's I was picturing it on the beach with like weathered tiles. A cottage. Beautiful. With, that's exactly it. A cottage with a fire and pies. And- I don't know anybody that's yearning for a lost love. I know somebody. I've known you for years. I know someone that's yearning for a lost love. Oh, huh? What is this? Lifetime? <laughs> Are we on Lifetime right now? I'm an emotional man, Pete. Yes, you are, which is great because you seem kind of fratty and like, yeah. Yeah, that's all compensation, dude. What do you mean? I mean. You're a gentle man. Yeah, yeah. Are you sentimental? Romantic? Very. Extraordinarily. If you if you were to propose to this woman, it wouldn't just be like, hey, let's do this. It would be like you'd sp- sprinkle some sort of rose petals. Well, let's not get faggoty about Gah, We can't say that on this show. We can't? Yeah, no, you can't. You just did. Own it. Own it. Don't back away. I'm. I'm not. You or the. You almost ran out of the room. I know. Um, I apologize for Nate's crass language. Oh, uh, no, I'm kidding. Go. Go. Uh, so let's. It not, is. It is like that, isn't it? <clears throat> um, which part? Oh, so you. But you'd be sentimental about it. You would. You'd maybe be like, I really. I'm really into you. Love me so much. You'd have a little. The actual trip. proposal was boring to me. Like, I, like I'm. I. I'm just the idea of of being. I guess I'm. I do. Because up until up until the last couple of years, like I have, the idea of like getting married felt a decade or more away to sure. me. But you know, to, at, at this point, you know, I'm in my mid 30s. Like I'm starting to realize that that's the you know, from my experience in my life, that's where I've evolved the most is with this person and this person I learned a lot with and became best friends with. And you know. The, if that's like the best shot I have at getting to where I want to be as a man, just oh. as a like as a oh, as Jesus. a soul. Oh my god! Well, like that kind of not necessarily. No, it's lovely. But good. I'm just saying it's great. I'm just saying she, like you, she with, makes you want to be a better man. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> Does she complete you? <laughs> Jesus Christ! But I really do think I really do think that like from my experience at this point, like you know that that is you know. As much as you'd like to be able to do everything on your own, like you, when you when you meet somebody that that you know you can get you can achieve all those different things with, uh, you know, personally, you know that's where you really do kind of learn exponentially about life yes. and how your brain works and how you know how how your, and your emotional weaknesses and it your, helps and your strengths and and you, and and you learn about your subconscious and like you know you kind of tune into like what's in charge in your brain and like that's strength, I think. And, yeah, yeah. So in the long term, and, and, and you know, in the short term, you gotta fucking pay rent, and you gotta come up with enough money to buy a house. You know, yeah. So, so there's kind of like that. There's there's always those two things, kind of. You or know, a, I'm very, or a cottage, or yeah, right, a cottage. Which you know, in this day and age, yeah, the cottage market is more expensive than a house. Sure, um, especially the one I'm picturing for you guys. Yeah, it's you a just nice, brought her a cup of a cocoa, nice and cottage. up here she's gorgeous, man. Well done. 
She's classy, though. Out there, she's gorgeous. Oh, God in heaven. Does this episode end with us calling her and then just, like, <laughs> swelling? Katie, can we get some music to swell? I'm, I'm so happy that this is happening because oftentimes... I don't have her phone number. I had to delete it from my phone. Oh, of course you did. Don't worry. You're going to find it written in an antique book. <laughs> That's a lie. It is, in my, it is in my cell phone. But I wanted to see what she would come up with, you fucking... You're Doctor Seuss. If 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 my heart was a child's book, you'd be Doctor Seuss. Oh God, that's magical, man. Well, I'm happy we're talking about this because I feel like on this show we talk about relationships a lot, and a lot of times it's not really discussed how wonderful they can be. I don't know if I wanted to talk about this because I'm sure she'll fucking listen to this because women are internet stalkers. Sure, times twelve. I sometimes wonder if my ex-wife listens to this show. For sure she does. Mm -hmm. Every episode, more than once. I doubt it. I seriously doubt it. You're going to be one of the all-time greats, Peter. Yeah, and then she she rode off on a dirt bike with a man. That's not true. That part isn't true. But (laughs) she she did say that. I don't think she... I I honestly don't... I I honestly... She did say that, but I honestly don't... I don't think she would listen to this. Wait, what did she say? What was what was what did what was said? What what part of that did get said? Oh, I, she did say you're going to be one of the one of the greats. Oh, yeah, I thought, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, thought you were I love how, how, how. Sorry, Peter. I rode off on a dirt bike. No, no, no. I, I, that's my analogy. That, that she said that as she was leaving. Yeah, right. You know what I mean? It was like, oh, what else are you going to say? Mm-hmm. You're a hack, and then leave. I guess I don't know. I don't think she was being nice. That's what I wish she said. Yeah, that would because awesome. then you'd be even funnier than you are now. I know. Well, yeah. Let's uh, the trauma of becoming funny. Uh, family and stuff. I was just talking. I was just talking to my dad, and I was trying to make him remember that my family did fight a lot. We fought a lot in my family, and I was like, uh, "Dad, do you remember that?" And he was like, "I don't think we fought that much." And I was mm-hmm. like, and I wanted to say to him, "Do you really think I'd be this funny if, <laughs> if like we didn't fight? Of course, you fucking fought all the time. <laughs> That's why I'm compensating and trying to make everything okay for everybody well, all the time." Of course, he didn't think that you fought all the time because it was normal for to him. him. Did he fight? I mean, it sounds like he fought with his parents and his. How many siblings did you have? Did he had a brother and he has a brother and a sister, and they were at each other's throats, and they had this. Yeah, and they still fight, and it's the same fucking fight that they had when they were nine and twelve. Or probably, probably. But they, so you're absolutely right. It's all perspective. To my perspective, I would like there to be no fighting. That would. That's what I would like. I'd like there to be grown up conversations where maybe. You, you, oh, come oh, on, come on. Oh. What, what do you mean you don't want there to be? Do you really mean that? Like you really? Like, when I when I you don't like getting after it and like just just fighting for the sake talking, of getting out energy. That's fine, but I'm talking about when you have kids that are upstairs in their bedroom. I don't want them to hear me okay, screaming. All right, now I feel bad. At my fake wife. Now I feel bad. <laughs> Helen. I don't want them to hear me and Helen yelling. Ye- yell- yelling. Yelling Helen, that's what she calls it. Right, now I feel bad. Okay. No, I, no, no, I, no. Now I get what you mean. That's I, not that bad. I, I lucked out. As as far as traumatic childhoods can go, I lucked the fuck out. Yeah. Just some raised voice, No, nothing thrown, nothing hit, right. nothing weird like that. Just yelling. Just enough to keep me talented. Right. Honestly, right. that's all I want. What was your house like? Where did you get it? Where did you get this need to please people uh, or to entertain people? Well, it doesn't have to come from somewhere. Robin Williams has had a pretty good upbringing. No, my parents were never together. My parents were they were married for a year and then they divorced when I was one. And then my mom moved to Madison because her sister was up there getting her graduate degree or her PhD, I believe, actually. And um, uh, and then. My dad followed her up there because he was ready to move. He was a school teacher in Indiana, and then he wanted to move. He moved when they got married? Yeah, to Madison. For a year. Excuse me. And then they got divorced? Yeah. She rode off on a dirt bike? What happened? Uh, No, I think he was just kind of a workaholic. Yeah. Always kind of... 
Drinking that workahol. Drinking that workahol. I, what did he do? He was a school teacher, music teacher. Really? Mm-hmm. But like really into it? Yeah, really into it. You know, like teaching, like uh, directing, you know, choirs and whatnot. And, and you know, all the time. Like brothers he, like, and sisters? No, I got a half sister. She's nine years younger than me. So different dads. Only child. I was an only child. You don't really feel like an only child. I don't mean that to put down only children. Well, thank you very much. I'm, I'm glad that that's the frame of reference. Yeah, I would have believed you had like six brothers and sisters eating butter and ch- chasing each other with wet towels, <laughs> just whipping them around. Uh, Your dicks, I mean. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, no, I, I definitely was an only child. My, it was a, you know. <clears throat> what? The girl again? No, 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 definitely not. <laughs> sort of, yeah. <laughs> not really. Uh, I what my my you know like I I definitely uh, I was raised by like my mother was my dad my dad was my mom let's put it that way like uh-huh. uh, like uh, uh, your your mom was what do you mean the breadwinner no my mom was just like she was more like the dominant parent uh, sure sure you know sure sure, sure. My she dad was the was alpha off, my dad yeah the alpha my dad and was it, off kind of doing his his own thing. <laughs> I mean, they, they they completely were yeah. I mean, they were divorced, and he was just kind of right. So I went to my dad's house on weekends until I got I didn't want to do that anymore. Until all my friends, and then until I was like old enough to be like, all my friends live by my mom's. I'm not going to you know right. Like, and then you just stay to your mom's. Yeah. yeah. What, so were you looking for? Did you not get enough attention? Uh, maybe too much. Maybe from the mom. C- yeah. You know, Ooh, like that's the classic coddled. recipe. This hasn't come up for a while. Um, over loving mother, distant father. Yeah, my mom was like my mom and, and my my stepfather. Uh, they were like very. They were like, they weren't like your prototype hippies. They were like intellectualized hippies. Like they went, they got into this thing called like primal therapy. This sounds interesting. And they built a bo- a padded box in their basement for you, for no, for them. And it was. <laughs> what is happening right now? Should listen up. And so they 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 would go in there and they would have they would do what they call they would have feelings. They built a padded box, a padded box in the basement. And it was part of this <laughs> to have feelings in. Yeah, yeah, yep, yep. And and like what? Yeah, and it was like uh, that was like a th- that I, I don't know. I mean, I'm a kid. It felt normal. Right. It felt like, totally like, oh, okay, well, we called it The Box. It had a ventilator. The Box, five minutes. <laughs> They'd make appointments no, to be in the box? Wow, yeah, they did. They would go in there, and they like they <clears throat> they would fucking scream. You could still, it wasn't soundproof. Uh, you know, yeah, no, definitely, <clears throat> it was close to soundproof, but, I mean, it would be like, oh. Oh my god! <laughs> you know? Oh my god! And that was god. like it. It was like it was like holy shit! It was like so you know so the like, box the box, dude. So imagine that like feelings are feelings are perfectly normal. They're to be had. Yeah. In the privacy of a padded soundproof box in your basement, <laughs> like, like you know what I mean? Like it's like you gotta you gotta let shit rip. But you seem very emotive. You're more, more emotive than I am. That sounds like more like that's what my childhood should have been because I learned that you can have feelings and emotions on stage and then off stage you, you're a nice person all the time. Okay. Well, maybe I just conf- – I mean I'm – I believe that it definitely taught me that to be emotive for sure. Like all the, the time that, though? Not in a well, box? Well, I think that there's just the presence of the box kind of you know, 
rationalizes any and all kind of, you know, emotions are good. Yeah, verbal. Yeah, anything. you got to have yeah. them. Like we were talking about fighting earlier. Have them. <laughs> no wonder sure. you were like, you got to get them out just to get some energy out. You lived in a house with a box. With a box. Yeah. My parents. Oh, that would have been great if they had a box. A box. But it also would have been the weirdest fucking thing. It's a, in the world. It was a pretty weird thing. I mean, that's like you know, like what is this thing? And it was only for a What's year. For? So, and they're both really, really smart. Like. They, they they definitely. It I was think, like a safe space, a safe space, and they and they like they spent a lot of time getting in touch with what it like, what went wrong with their childhood childhoods. You know what I mean? And you know which you know compared to what people deal with on this planet, like wasn't very, that bad. But yeah. like you know that was that was definitely that's that white Anglo Anglo Saxon thing that I do too. Which me and my brother, it took us a long time to acknowledge. That what happened to us was traumatic because you can get trapped in the thought that you're like, there are so many millions of people that had it worse. You know what I mean? There's always going to be someone that had it worse. I'm talking (laughs) in the past couple of years where I was like, no, it sucked. I thought the world was coming to an end when my parents would fight, even though I was never in danger. No one was in any danger. But like you still feel like you are. So uh, you're saying that people had it worse, but it it must have seemed – Kind of bad. I, guess. I don't know. I, I it definitely did instill in me a trust that they knew what they were doing because they with did it in their the emotion. Yeah, yeah, they were in control of it. They obviously had to be in control. They built a little box, a padded box of with a fan and a light to facilitate. You know, so like what color? Standard it was crazy. Just a, it was just wood. Crazy. It was just wood, and then it had it had um it had like what color was big, the padding? Thick um, foam padding with with a, a shiny blue covering it was like it was very it was very nice so it was like it was a very nice cool like it was as a kid it was great like you jump in there and well that sounds like a perfect little place for a kid to play yeah it was great and then your parents would come by occasionally and be like can you stop playing space command we gotta we gotta fucking (laughs) we we gotta deal with your dad left the butter we gotta deal with mom's mom (laughs) yeah and i am going to rip (laughs) into him and that would be your mom because she was the alpha yeah that's interesting. And you're like a manly dude. You're like an alpha dude. Sort of. I mean, I guess. I you don't, don't think you are? You know what? I, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I don't. Uh, I mean, I'd, I'd, I guess that's. I would. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that's what I would play. That's what I would, yeah. I would you know, that's, what I, was, lead, that's yeah. what I was just about to say. I was right. like, if I was casting <laughs> some sort of office alpha, maybe like a coked up douche, you'd be great at that. <laughs> I'm not saying you're a douche. I just mean you could play that. Yeah. No, that's. That's. I can definitely play that. Right. I can play the, I can play the role, but really, I mean, I was raised in in an emotional box. Yeah, box. A box of emotion. I'm in a glass box of emotion. <laughs> Are you do you think the box was a successful strategy? Uh, I think it, it maybe, you know, encouraged me to have my head up my own ass a little bit. Why? You know, Cuz like, you know, you were like, at I- a certain point you got to just like at a certain point you got to eat shit. You know, you just got to fucking survive in the world with other people. If everybody, if everybody needed a box to contain their emotions, we'd all be, we'd all be crying into each other's pistols. That's right. It's it's pretty extreme. Yeah, it's pretty extreme. You can't. So you, you but did you? Is there a parallel for you there to be like you learned that emotions was like a calculated time? Did you learn your creativity from that? Were you like? I'm feeling an emotion. Look, my mom was so encouraged. She like was totally one of those like you can be anything you want to be. You can do anything. I have a bit about it, but like you know, just like you know, you, you know, that was definitely something that was like 
encourage you know she was adamant about it like you know you whatever vision you have for yourself follow it go after it whatever you you like doing if it makes you happy do it right you know and then you know just i guess handling you know i being able to be in command of her own emotions and history was very important to her and so that definitely was something that she accounted for in raising me as someone that was capable to handle those things too. And and do you think that introspection bled yes. into comedy? Uh yeah. Do you think you go into yeah. some sort of yeah. mental box when you write? Uh, so oftentimes when I perform, <laughs> that's when you feel like you're in your box? No, I'm kidding. I was uh, actually, that's when I feel like I'm in my box. When I when I have bad sets, yeah, probably. Like what you well, that's I oh, just go into my the, own fucking world as see, like the, the box seems like a happy place where you can allegory. say whatever you want. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, you would think. But when I say whatever I want, sometimes, oftentimes, it comes out very weird. And inappropriate or something? Inappropriate and weird. Offensive. Yeah. yeah. You mean on stage or in life? Um, m- more so on stage because I, I'm, I'm easily distracted and, and I, I think I lose, you know, tr- track of what's important and I go into my own, like, you know, little, the little recesses of my brain where I'm like... Right. You know, not it's it's tough. It's like is this improvise? You're improvising on stage. Do you yeah, do a lot as much as I can. I definitely oh, really? write to improvise. Yeah, for sure. You write to improvise. Yeah. You mean you'll like you write something? If I find like a funny moment, I'll be like, okay, well, in that moment, you know, go nuts. You set you set the table, but yeah, you don't yeah. necessarily know your punchlines, right? And then you're you just, yeah, it's interesting. A lot of people do that yeah. these days. Uh, I find that often the best punchlines that I have in my act are were, were, you... were written on stage. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I totally agree with that. I mean, yeah, don't, that, then that, that's got to happen everything. for you. That's yeah. everything. Right, right. Yeah, it's almost everything. Mm-hmm. I'm trying more and more. You know, like my my apartment looks like a crazy person. There's post-it notes and emails to myself <laughs> everywhere, and they'll just say things like "God anal." You know what I mean, and like it's yeah, just, that makes sense. Uh, it's, no, no, but I'm saying I'm, I'm like I'm, I'm imagining being you coming up on this post-it right ten months later. Exactly. Like, what the fuck does that mean? No, I'll remember because I put it somewhere where I see it's above like my stove when I'm cooking, ladies, <laughs> or it's above the uh, the the kitchen, uh, the bathroom sink, or whatever, and it'll just have some phrase that I want to remember to say, and that's how I write. And it's like a crazy person. And you go up on stage and then like you, you hopefully remember it. And then if you don't, the pain of forgetting will make you remember the next time. I wish that was the case for me. I, I sometimes put a lot of pressure on myself to remember exactly the beats that I write through something. Because then if I can't get through those beats, then I can't get to the moment where I've set up for myself to go ahead and improvise genius. Right. Well, that's interesting. Maybe your, your setups are too long. That's Oh, I'm not could, saying could very well be the case, Peter. <laughs> <laughs> We've cracked it open. I, I <laughs> do you have a nemesis? I haven't done. Late Am I your nemesis? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right, right. No. <laughs> Am I? Yeah. No. No. Just of course not. Yeah, I'm just saying. Fun. I'm just saying. Comedy uh, fun. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. Well, we've covered it with comedy mm-hmm. and relationships in the best way ever yeah. possible. We were just talking about why I'm crazy and why you're crazy. Yeah. Oh, that's right, and you and you go into places that frighten you. I guess, yeah, maybe that's you know because I think my brain is very good at being fearful and angry and disappointed. Fear. And that's a very comfortable, you know, emo- like, like those are very comfortable places. It's for like my- you're Darth Vader. Well, it's like it's like this, like and I, <clears throat> like my my brain is way smarter than me. Like imagine that, like you, I can use seven percent of my brain, 
my brain can use 100% of my brain. So like, it's just always telling me what to do. Like literally, it's a blowout, always. Like I'm at the mercy of my subconscious. So every time that I try to get to something, you know, I'm always at the mercy of, you know, doubt and, you know, like anger and disappointment and, you know, anything that, that my subconscious has just become so comfortable at like, I don't know, maybe indulging in it. Maybe it goes back to like the kind of, you know, a certain level of neediness, you know, that, that, uh, that I was encouraged to have. by your mom in the box. <laughs> maybe. I don't know. I'm not, I'm definitely not going to put that on my mother. No, no, no. Why not? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you're having inhibiting motions, uh, emotions in the way of your creativity. I think so. Yeah. You're trying to get somewhere. Right. Yeah, and your no. brain keeps interrupting. D- you. Yeah. Often. Yeah. And telling you specifically bad things like you suck. Um, or like, who are you trying to be? Or what are you? What or are just you putting up mental do? blocks, or just like putting up mental blocks and being like, "Look, so see, it feels like styrofoam. Not, it feels like nothing." Are we? Are we? Does it have to be that direct? Yeah, an, an analogy. Yeah, I, yeah. I, styrofoam. Uh, I uh, I do find my I do find my uh, uh, cerebral abilities running into padded walls of a emotional box. Oh my god! <laughs> this is the most. Come on, that's, I'm thing. kidding. That's I'm kidding. No, I'm no, kidding. no, sure, sure, sure. Uh, but, but yeah, no, just putting up mental blocks. You know, I think that's, that's something that, what does that feel like though? So you're on stage and you're trying to do something and, and like, oh, here, to... okay, here's the time where I really want to go after this. And, you know, I know, I know exactly, you know, I know the beats, I know the character. I really, I know the, I know what, what this character wants. I know what this, you know, the, the humor in this, this moment. And, uh, and here's where I really want to come up with something really funny. And, uh, the, the, yeah, but you know. that happens to everybody. Yeah, for sure. But I'm just explaining, you know, uh, how I've oh, sure. been able to no, rationalize and I'm, and I'm glad it. because I asked you to, and I, I appreciate that. But I, I feel that way all the time. I, I go up on stage and I'll be like, "This bit needs an ending," which is like the hardest and biggest <laughs> thing, and I don't have it. Uh-huh. And I'm like, "It's okay. The adrenaline of being in front of Is people write will it? make me write it. Yeah, and I'll do it. And then uh, either that works." And when that works, if it works once, we'll try it a hundred times before it has to work again, or it doesn't work. And then we'll just be like, it didn't work that time. I'll still keep trying to do that. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I don't think that's lazy because like you said, the best, the best lines are things that we've improvised. Mm -hmm. No, I mean, that's the, you know, that's a risk. You know, if we don't take risks, we're not jack shit, you know, so. Yeah. It's also, I I, I thought about that recently where I was just kind of like adrenaline junkies. I wonder if comedians are adrenaline junkies. It's not just attention and it's not just affirmation. Mm -hmm. I think there really is something about getting your heart rate up. Well, I think there's a definite ambition about selling yourself like that in that format. You know, like that's like. Yeah, I think that there's a rush that comes along with like create creating something, and and then being, you know, the mode of communication through which that creation is, yeah, you know, put out there, and that's pretty awesome. Yeah, no, definitely a rush for sure. I mean, but then, but the, and then when it goes well, and you were that means for communication, and it was accepted, and it was, and so you're getting a lot of different buttons pushed at the same time and then you get off stage and I, I imagine that's what it's like to do uh, cocaine or something. I bet if you did a cat You've scan, never done cocaine? No. <laughs> Look at my face. <laughs> I don't have coke face. You don't have coke face but I have doesn't done. mean that... No, I'm kidding. You have done cocaine. I haven't done cocaine. You have not done cocaine. No, I would never do cocaine. Okay. Well, you've done cocaine. Clearly, only... Uh, wait, was it, it was our, our good friend Pat Price who had a bit where he says, only homeowners ask, are you a homeowner? <laughs> no, uh, no, I'm a renter. Own, do you own? Do you, do you own? own? Do you do rent own. or own? <laughs> oh, I rent. Do you rent? Or, oh, I own. I own. I own. So people that say, oh, you've never done coke, they've done coke. Yeah. Well, you, you've done coke. 
Do yes, you still do coke? No, no, it's a horrible drug. Oh, he just tried it, gave it a whirl. I mean, I've done coke 30, 30, 30, 40, 50, I don't know, 30, 40 times probably in my probably life. 50 times probably. No, probably not that much. Probably. It really does suck. It's an awful drug. I really, Why? it's, it's I, really. I'm, I'm, I have heart concern. Not, not, I don't have any like history of heart things, but I'm just like. If I'm doing cocaine, it's, it's because that's, a, it's, there's, it's uh, oftentimes when I've done it, it's been about who I'm doing it with. You know, that makes like, it bad? <clears throat> that makes it something I decide to do. Oh, I see. Because they're like, God, you got to go. Yeah, it's New Year's Eve. I'm with my four best friends in the world. We're definitely, they're doing coke. I'm doing coke. Yeah. Is this in high school? <clears throat> All the way. I mean, I probably the last time I did coke was like a couple years ago. Uh-huh. And I just decided, I was like, this fucking sucks. Like, this yeah. is the worst drug that I've ever done. What, and, a million cups of coffee? What is it? What are we talking about? <laughs> are you still asking me how much cocaine I've done? No, no, no. I'm asking what it's like for oh, you. Um, a lot of heart beating. Uh, yeah, it's like a it's like a really good cup of coffee. You can say that a really good cup of coffee. Yeah, but then it's but then it, it goes away, and you're like, we got to make some more of that coffee uh. like now. <laughs> I don't care how much it costs. Yeah, I don't think that would be for me. I think I like uh, downers. Is that what those, those are called? I've never done any downers either, but I bet I would like that more. Opiates are good. What are you like opium? No, no, no. Pharmaceuticals made with. Opiates. Oh, like uh, like Oxycontin, Oxycontin, or Vicodin, Rush yeah, Those are good. I've taken Vicodin before. It just makes me go to sleep. Okay, that's good. Mm, it's good sleep. Good sleep. Yeah, it's good. I don't sleep. need help sleeping though. I love sleep. I don't need right. it. So, I, I, okay, well that's interesting. Which part? You don't have you don't have any problem sleeping at all. No, I love sleep. I'm the best at sleep. But uh, but okay, are you? Do you sleep? Your do you get your best sleep in the morning or do you, like do you have problems sleeping at night? Nope. Never? I've always been, because I was so bored as a kid, I learned very young how to make myself go to sleep, even when I wow. was tired. Wow. Was it a conscious effort? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a conscious really? effort. Really? When I was like, uh, you know. You're very, a fortress. Uh, what do you mean? That's a, that is, I can't, I, ha, I am bouncing all over the inside of my skull at night. The things you learn before you're 11 for boys, I heard this on NPR, your brain creates all these brain cells, right? Mm-hmm. Millions, millions, talk about 100% of your brain, millions more than you'll ever need. And the things that are important to you before you're 11 are the things that will be important to you pretty much the rest of your life. And one of the things I learned how to do, that's when I learned how to play piano and like guitar. That's where I learned comedy was important to me, all this sort of stuff. That's where I learned being funny was important to me. Uh, that's where I learned magic tricks that I still know how to do because my brain was like, oh, this is all important. And I, When you were the, 11? Uh, up around that time. And around that time, that's when I learned how to make myself fall asleep <laughs> pretty good. God, dude. That's, I, I, didn't, I wasn't able to articulate what was important to me until a couple years ago. Uh, no, I didn't know. I certainly didn't know. I'll tell you how comedy was important to me when I was a kid. My mom would give me the funnies in the morning, the cart- uh, comics, comic strips. Uh-huh. Like, that was important. Like, uh-huh. it was given to me. Yeah. Not like, can I have the funnies? It was like on my breakfast mat when I sat down. Yeah. They took me to see Cosby when I was like around 11. Wow, dude. That's yeah. very cool. Yeah. I see. I had, I had something like that, but it became an, a point of contention. Which one? Well, my mother is a cellist. My dad is a music teacher. And I was... I was put into music very early like i was in boy choirs and i was i played the trumpet and everything and i was you know good enough to continue on but then i became i I was uh, you know you didn't uh, want to do it butted heads with my dad and and then that became like the sacrifice that got sacrificed at the altar because you could hurt him is that what it was you were like fuck you dad i'm not playing no trumpet right it was the exact yeah no it was it was the exact i'm playing ice hockey you know it was like the exact opposite of your like classic 
That's you great. know, domineering father kind of dynamic. And that, what can you can you still play? What trumpet? No, I could do a scale. That's that's. I still dumb. have my trumpet. I, I you know like I, it's very like I, I definitely have it. I just had this image. You're back with the girl. You're at the cottage. You're on the porch. It's the morning. The sun's rising. There's snow on the ground. What am I playing on the, the trumpet? trumpet? You play the trumpet. What am I playing? You play what the song trumpet? am I playing? What's the song, Peter? Yeah, I, 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 because, because I can't think of taps. any. Taps. I just heard a... Taps. Fade out. Is that taps? <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what I was yeah. thinking. Yeah, taps. You're playing taps on the trumpet. And she comes out and goes, I know you and you're a better man. And hands you hot chocolate. Oh. <sighs> Do you believe in uh, God, or are you like everybody that I talk to? Um, <laughs> what happened? I. Uh, What's up, man? Sorry. Hey, I dude. That. I'm sorry. That's okay. Sorry. Kumail Nanjiani, everybody. What's up, buddy? Right as I asked Nate if he believes in God. Really? What yeah. Is, what is your bet? No. I. I it's neither. It's either. It's if either. Spiritual. I'm gonna pee on. I'm. I'm not. Well, don't. No, that's hey, a fair. I'm joking, I'm joking. Uh, sorry, have fun, guys. Yeah, thanks for assassinating my answer. You son of a bitch. I didn't even know that door went anywhere. It goes to... That's where Kumail lives. That's where lives. Kumail lives. Him and Emily just make cutouts <laughs> they, of they themselves. They just come in here for vodka and... Do you want to go do the indoor kids? <laughs> oh, my God, Resident Evil 5 is so racist. <laughs> it's so racist. Oh, my God, dance. I've got tickets to the arc light. Uh, that's not bad. I have tickets to the Arclight, Emily, please. <laughs> He's uh, one of my best friends. One of my best friends. Uh, oh, look, this is like the most distracting time to ask you this question. No, fuck that guy. The more... <laughs> I love Goobill. But the more that I think about it, I think the appropriate response I is, have no idea. Is yes! I have no idea. Yes! I have no idea. And that is my... That is... That, yeah, no, Jake, I, we just shook hands. That is my God. I think that's so fantastic. Is not having a fucking clue because how could you? How, how could you how be could certain you? either way? I, I'll say I'll say and I'll say this to kind of I don't know this is this is maybe the best way I can kind of illustrate my transition to where I'm at right now religiously speaking and spiritually. Yes. I've started to in the last couple years react to like adamant atheists in the way that I used to react to people who would tell me that the Bible is true. Literally true. Literally yes. true. Man. Because, because when somebody says to me that they don't, like, like, um, the, how could you, you can't, all this stuff, it's so specific. Pete, this bag of cookies is so specific. Yeah. So many things happened for this to get here. Cookies. And none of it happened in front of my face. Right. So I can't be sure that it existed. I don't. I don't know, I, I don't know no, if that I, makes any sense. You know sense. what's weird is I, I think maybe we have similar brains in that way. Is like when I was a kid, I used to get off so much on being like, "You can't prove that you're real." You know what I mean? I would be like, "You say you're this guy." Like there are two <laughs> when, when you were a kid, you got over that because I just said that to somebody today. Uh, I still in, think in, that's in, fairly interesting. In traffic, that's my favorite road rage line. What? You can't prove you're real. <laughs> that is fantastic. No matter how much you don't use your blinker. But that thought that, like, how do we know that this isn't our first conscious moment and everything else was just an implanted memory, yeah. total recall style. Right. That, sort of, that sort of doubt that just makes us go like, oh, I'm completely full of shit about everything. 
And there's something kind of freeing about that. I was driving in the car today. And I'm trying to write this bit about uh, belief and all this sort of stuff. And I wrote down on a, on a piece of paper in bold marker. I was like, doubt. Show me your doubt. It's beautiful. It's human. Mm-hmm. Like, I think it's wonderful. I think it's courageous doubt. that you wrote that down on paper. Mm, show me your doubt. Because if anybody sees that, you're through in this town. Fuck you forever, man. Um, keep going. No, that's it. That, so I love your answer. And it's exactly where I'm at. Which is like, I get turned off by... Absolutely not. No fucking way. But actually, most of the atheists that we've had on the show, Jesselnick, for example, most recently, he's like, I'm an atheist. But then you talk about it. He's open to yeah, being I, wrong. And, 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 and when that's the case, why would you even say that you're an atheist? Uh, uh, what, just to get a reaction out of people? That's what, There's got to be an element to that. Certainly. Like, and it feels good to belong to something. Is that what it's about? Yeah. There yeah. we go. Now we're back to condescending. I like it, Peter. <laughs> no, that's, that's not condescending. It does. It feels just. It must feel just as good well, to no, be like tr- I'm. A, it's a truth. Mormon. It's truth. But I. But I. I don't know. I. I would much rather. I don't know. I would trust somebody to just want to engage in something rather than be that needy. Because if you're an atheist, you're. You're, what portending to not need something? Is that the right word? Purporting. Purporting. Thank you. Uh, is portend even portend portend like pork tending pork tender uh, i tend to the pig so i'm a pork tender you're you just wouldn't you be someone who would say that you don't need that kind of belonging i understand i i have i have a lot of respect for atheists i do enjoy people that seem to have it figured out i love talking to somebody that's like a hardcore any religion i love a, a good hardcore mormon i love a good hardcore christian i love a good hardcore uh, um, anything. Jehovah's Witness. I, I'd love to talk to them. I think it's interesting. But like the people, the, the path that I find myself on is to go like, that's one thing. Let's take the hardcore Mormon on one hand. Then let's take somebody like TJ, who's a friend of ours, who's like an evangelical atheist on the other hand. And I go like, my spirituality is those two people wrestling in my brain forever. That's, that's happily. 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 And I just, I, and I'm sitting in a lawn chair. You're playing taps. Your girl is there. The snow is falling, and I go. I don't know what the fuck this is. You're about. at the cottage. I'm at the cottage. Thanks for having me. If you're at the cottage, my fake wife Helen I is there. C- I can believe in God if that happens. Yeah, huh? I I do believe that love is a this type is, is a is an important thing, which is what we're talking about. Having people over to cottages and and bringing snacks and mm-hmm. stuff that feels like a religion worth pursuing. Mm-hmm. That's something we can definitely create. We can definitely create heaven on earth. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yes. We can definitely create hell on earth too. Yeah, it's it's hopeful, and then then that's the that's the yeah oh yeah that, I think our, yes I think and I think that that is uh, that is the, those two things represent the battle that we have with our with our realities you know like with our uh, with our animals and our and our spirits you know like like uh, like I I, re- I really I, I really f- that whole thing that I was talking about with like with like my my brain kind of running me through you know like literally just like treat Fucking like I'm, I'm my brain's house pet like it's yeah. just it gives me treats and i do its bidding and yeah. like that's and then i'm kind of at its endorphins? mercy and like i think we're at we're at the mercy of our animals and that's really it like like heaven and hell you know like those two dichotomies like what what do you what do you create and do you have the hope and faith to go ahead and create that heaven yeah. on earth or yeah. do you you know are you are you are you more comfortable creating a hell for yourself because that's well those are those are the words you were using fear and doubt mm-hmm. and that that's sort of stuff leads to i think a hell on earth and love and acceptance in the cottage and the girl and trumpet hot cocoa and tj and a mormon wrestling <laughs> sounds like heaven to me <laughs> let's get a grill going 
You're putting a button on this show right now. That felt like a button. I often end the show 10 minutes after it should have ended, so we have 10 minutes. Okay, great. <laughs> Good, because I, I want to keep talking about this, honestly. Go I, ahead. I, and, like, like here, Nobody I saw... Nobody wants this to be over. I saw... I, saw, I mean that. I, saw, I, I believe that. I believe it. You want, I listen to, I listen to this, this podcast as a listener, and I'm like, where's this going? I'll forget by the time this airs. <laughs> I've already forgotten. What are we talking about? I don't know. So we're at the cottage and the wrestling and heaven on earth, hell a, on earth. There's a billboard that I saw when I was uh, I was on the road uh, last summer. I think I was in Indiana. I was taking a bus, and on the billboard on one side it said Jesus is real, and on the other side it said hell is real, and like that's exactly it. Like I think that that because. We're just going to assume that that's the same person bought both sides of that billboard, right? <laughs> <laughs> Laser accuracy. If it's, what a great observation. Of course. And what a fucking problem that is. Buy one side of the billboard, if it's, you get both. If you it's, have to buy if both. It's, if it's not the same guy, whose house do you want to eat dinner at? <laughs> the Jesus side. Yeah, no Can doubt. Can please go to the Jesus side? Yeah, please. Hell, what do, I want to meet the guy that just buys the one sign that says hell is real. Uh, yeah, well, he's got dogs chained. That guy, the guy who bought hell is real thinks he's doing a supreme service. Well, I think people. that's the, that's, I mean, I think that's hell, his, whoever, you know, that guy, the, why not just put Jesus on both sides of the billboard? Right. You know, like, why not have that? Like, why not be, we have this need to, you know, answer to our darkness. You know, well, why bring your demons into this? Yeah. Well, because you had to, because right. you have them. Well, and they control your life to the point that you have to honor them with a billboard. Right. A- a- equally, equal representation. Right. You know? Yeah. You know? Same amount of words. Yeah. Hell is real. Jesus is real. Well, I mean, we do that a lot. The Bible doesn't talk that much about hell. Yet, Jonathan uh, Edwards, you know, fire and brimstone type preachers made huge careers. There's still people that make huge careers out of boiling the Bible down to basically you're going to hell if you don't do uh, the following things. If you don't stop, if you don't repent, if you don't believe, that sort of stuff. So specific. But the Bible doesn't really – Jesus – I'll leave the Bible out of it. You can get a lot of things out of the Bible. And by specific, I mean vague. Jesus specifically didn't say too much about like if you're not with me, you're going to burn forever. He and, and I've said this on the show a lot. This is my interpretation. He says a lot about like hell existing on earth, hell, heaven existing on earth. When we love each other, when we feed each other, when we clothe each other, that's feeding and clothing and loving God. That's feeding and clothing, loving each other. And that's creating what we should be doing on this earth. And, and, and the, my favorite believers, the believers that I know that I love the most, that speak the most to my heart, that, that I consider my church, you know what I mean, even though I don't mm-hmm. go to church, they're all open to the idea that, like, it, it's not about the afterlife for them. It's about doing what they can to help humanity now, today. It's, and that's amazing. And that's amazing. And that is what makes me even more upset at people who get so in your face, you know, with the with the judgment and the damnation and all that yeah. crap it's because they they spoil all the all the good things that come out of these people who ha- who just right. you know want to have faith in humanity really when it is what it boils down it's to it's a weird it's a hell as a concept is what made me start to lose my faith uh, at, at the first at the onset because I was like I don't get the feeling that a lot of uh, Christians that I grew up in literally believe in hell because if you stop you can start a militia you could be like wait we really think you're going to go to eternal torment 
you're going to burn forever but never die. You're just going to keep burning and be regenerated and burn and regenerate. There are some weird fucked up people that I know that really get pleasure fantasizing almost like hell porn and thinking about how horrible it's going to be and delighting in it and thinking about God not being absent from hell but ruling over hell and delighting in watching his fallen people that rejected him, torturing them and enjoying it. And I was like... That is the most fucked up thing thing I've I've ever heard heard in my life. And then there's a lot of people that just don't think about it. I didn't even even make it there, dude. I didn't even make it there. Which part? Like, uh, my dad was a choir director at a cathedral in Madison. So I was going to, and he kind of, he didn't put me in Sunday school because he was like, you have to believe this. Like, he doesn't really, like, he's just a a religious, he really is, like, more spiritual, you know, Catholic. Like, he's not really into it. He really was there for the music and the sacrament and the whole, like, the, the... the, the environment. It's a beautiful yeah, cathedral. Yeah. It's a gorgeous place. The acoustics. He was there for the acoustics. I get it. And so I would go to Sunday school, but there was no pressure on me to learn this. So like when I like I didn't even get to the hell and the fire and the brimstone shit. Yeah. I I didn't even really get past Jonah and, and the, the big, whale. Big fish. I really didn't. I was like, all right. I like I I remember tuning out immediately as as soon as she read the you know whatever the passages were and I was just like in a belly of a I and I I remember the thought was I can believe in this stuff or everything else yeah and I just tuned out and I was like and I still am not over trees and sunsets and water and yeah the majesty of the world telephones that you like can I see. yeah yeah that's interesting I, I mean I, I why would I be why would you you know. It's, yeah, just that, just the idea that we're floating in the universe is, is amazing hugely enough. That's amazing. God enough for me to. I mean, I, I feel like by not knowing, you're taking part in it. By not knowing what? By not by by going ahead and being okay with not knowing, you're taking part in that. Yeah, you know, like you're not you're you're not put you're not forcing anything. You're not forcing it into anything. Yeah. You're letting it be as big as it needs to be. Yeah, you're letting it be, which I think is a lifelong pursuit. I think it's a lifelong wrestling match with with, TJ and the Mormon. With with your the back of your with for me for me it's with the back of my brain. Yeah, it's the back of my brain because in in a sense like all these 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 places this you know this whatever doubt or fear or anger or resentment that I have towards anyone else or any other thing that I'm I'm experiencing on a daily basis really just is is the exact it's a parallel to somebody who's going to tell you that you're going to go to hell if you fuck a guy in the ass. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's exactly the same. It's all it's all the same battle that we're you know you, you you have these places of you know you know it really it's like survival you like your your survival instincts so i i have to be i have to survive okay so i have to be in control of something i have to be in control of something so that i have power and the best way to do that is to know exactly how everything is and that in the way that you know everything's meant to be yes and as long as i can and and how am i going to know that for sure well i'll 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 define it okay well um well i'm not i'm not i don't i don't have to I don't. I'm not smart enough to write a book, so this book works for me. This is what the way it is. Right. And if you disagree with that, you disagree with me. You're against everything that I believe in, and you're trying to affect the power that I have over my life and the world around me. Of course. <clears throat> and, and and it doesn't and, have to. And be I'll really... fucking kill you, Dad. Yeah, of course he will. Especially, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's true, man. And it doesn't have to be even religion. It could be, uh, I'm a fry cook. It could be whatever your passion is, whatever you belong to that gives your life meaning. If you threaten that. It's a it's a it's a very uh, sticky sticky sandwich, and that's why I get I I've recently been getting more disappointed with with atheists. Like I, you know, I guess that always seemed to be a kind of a more logical thing in 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 inside the parameters of I can believe in this, you know, Christianity or everything else. Right? You know, atheists seemed like they had a little bit more to offer me because I think they you know um, believed in everything else, you know, right? Along with. That you can see and touch Not and God, balance, which and is a significant, you know, measure. That's a significant part of everything else is 
<laughs> saying that there's no such thing as a god. But um, but then like like you know like in Mars movie um, Religious, you know like yeah, they're so that's such a needy f- movie like. How are you going to make a movie about religion and there's not one Asian in the fucking thing? There's not one Asian. It's a movie about religion. No Asians? There's not an Asian. I can't. Maybe I. I can't. Maybe I'm not remembering the movie correctly. No, that sounds about right. I there's don't remember not one any Asian Asians. in that movie. There's I, have just a, like, I have a pretty good Asian. There's just memory. like. There's just like. Fa- there's, there's just like. You mean they didn't represent Buddhism and stuff? Or Hinduism, yeah, Hindu, all that, like, all the, like it was, it was just, it was all the different types. Of it Asians. was, um, it was Islam and Judaism, and Christianity. Christianity, and you know, um, Mormonism. I, I really don't, I don't, I don't remember seeing any, 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 any. Uh, sorry. That's twice we've been walked in now. That's okay. People want to get in here. People they know we got cookies. They know we got cookies. Um, I just don't remember seeing any, any, you know, any discussion of, you know, Buddhism yeah, or. I thought you were going to say it was needy that you could feel him yearning for something while he was putting it all away. You know, I don't. Yearning know. for some sort of stability, some sort of meaning. Well, I think that's. I don't. Know. I think that you're. Yeah, I think I think excluding, you know, being, you know, s- conveniently ignorant to. The entire spectrum of what you're saying is bullshit. Yeah, is I think needing something. You know, like, you mean just by virtue of making the movie, it's him saying he needs something. Well, I don't think it's. I don't. I don't think it's him saying that he needs something. I think it's him proving that he needs something. I mean, the only the one thing he says in the beginning of that movie he says he says exactly what we were talking about. Like I, you guys sell certainty. I sell uncertainty right and that i think is where the movie could have ended and it happened in the first five minutes i like the ending of the movie where he says i don't know and you can't possibly either because i'm just some guy and you're also just some guy just some guy yeah no I, that, and i remember being like because when i was a kid i thought there were special people i was like oh this guy this guy knows the truth now i'm 32 and i'm like i'm just some guy like him i could be a youth pastor i, I should be a youth pastor look at me you know what i mean so now i look back at my youth pastor and i'm like he was just some guy too. He had doubts as well. He just chose his path, and he and he uh, ministered to us in the best way that he could. Mm-hmm. Which is a weird thing to say because it sounds kind of sexual. To minister to someone, yeah, keep them accountable. Mm-hmm. Also, sounds kind of sexual. Form a prayer circle. Sounds a little. No, I'm just kidding. I'm, I was with you on minister to someone and accountable. No, I'm okay you with son of a bitch. Sorry. Well, let's get you back with this girl. This is button number two. I told you ten minutes. I told you ten minutes after that first button. Now we have to button it again. We have to button it again. Okay. What are we gonna What are we gonna do? Get you back with the girl, Karen. Karen. That's yep. That's, that's what we agreed her. on. Yeah. Karen. Uh, and uh, w- I don't know. Should I plug something? Um. Oh. Oh, we really are looking for a button. Well, now. the show's starting. I show's don't starting. We're going to compete with the show. I can't um, be doing that. Yeah, I mean, NateCraig.com. NateCraig1 on Oh, Twitter. that's right. NateCraigComedy.com. <laughs> Nate, Man, you're... Nate, NateCraigComedy.Religious. Backslash looking for something proof. Backslash, backslash Osama's emotions, mama. Backslash, backslash callbacks. Callbacks.html. Back, callbacks. Back, call backslash. 
callback slash well you are one of the funniest and most interesting people i know so thank you so much for doing the show i'm really happy that you took the time i i'm honored to be here thanks for having well me. you have to say keep it crispy oh keep it crispy <laughs> i yes. love that i love that by the way what, keep what it crispy? It? uh making people say it kic that's your tag that's your hashtag that K-I-C. like all the time kic keep it crispy man having an off day go ahead and swish 30 straight three-pointers keep it crispy that's right that's a great way to keep it crispy. Well, you, you kept it crispy. Thank you, everybody, for listening. We will see you next time. Thanks, Nate Craig. Now leaving Nerdist.com. 